Wagwan. Let me say Wagwan. Wagwan. I live in Ladakh. Wagwan. Wagwan. Sorry, I'm, I'm from the hood, so that's 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 what you're gonna get out of me. But hi, Krishna. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I mean. At times, these guys ask me to do this service, and I'm just like, "Well, come on, what am I gonna say?" Um, but it's nice. I was just, as guys were having prashadam, I was reflecting on seeing how all of you guys are just like chatting away and spending your time and just chilling and you know, cracking banter with each other, you know, and doing whatever you guys were up to. And I was just reflecting on how, actually, in many ways. This is a reflection of what spirituality is actually meant to be about. You know, we hear this concept called sadhu sangha. So, um, in the scriptures over here on the altar, we've got two personalities, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. And Lord Chaitanya makes this powerful statement. He says, "Sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva shastra koi." He makes this emphasis that your perfection in your life comes when you associate with saintly persons. Or people who at least have an inkling for spirituality. Now, all of you have got an inkling for spirituality, and all of you are associating. So, in many ways, you fulfill that instruction of sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva shastra koi. Um, and so, when I was seeing you guys, and I was just reflecting on a few things that I was reading from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the exchanges that um, saintly persons are having with each other. You know, they're cracking jokes. Not like they're just sitting with each other, like reading Bhagavatam. No, they're they're, they're chilling with each other, eating prashadam, um, catching up on life and on each other's perspectives, and building these friendships and relationships um, in a nice, natural, organic, chilled fashion that doesn't require much formality. That's why I was, I was happy I didn't have to wear dhoti. I was like, I just come in my hoodie and my durag, like wagwa. <laughs> you know, and. Um, Allowing for spirituality to be able to work in such kind of a space. Uh, <laughs> I was meditating on, you know, something that I thought would be cool to share, is that we're so fortunate. I always say this every single time they ask me to speak, but we're so fortunate that you know we're kind of all connected um, with such a strong spiritual practice. My mentor, his name is Swami Bhagavan Keshav Maharaj. I was speaking with him last week, and he was saying. The, the, the things in Krishna consciousness that we do, some people might just think, oh, it's ritualistic, or, you know, it's just uh, the same old stuff, or, you know, go to the temple. Uh, yeah. How many people go to the temple at times, not because they want to, but because their parents have told them, you, you got to go? Let's be real, you know? Okay, we've got a few. We've got a few honest souls. Yeah, you know, at times, Mamsi's like, okay, no, 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 you have to come meet the temple. I don't care. Get ready. We're out. I was born in a Catholic home, and... Um, at times I didn't like used to go into church So I'd wake up in the morning Or my mom would wake me up in the morning And she'd be like, okay, Ian, get ready And I'd be like, ah, oh, mom, I'm not feeling like Going to church, to church today Then she'd be like, okay, no problem But get out the house because I'm going to lock it <laughs> It is not your house If you're going to live in this house, you have to come with to church And you know, at times I'll probably get a thooping here and there You know, get my, my face smacked a bit But um yeah, at times, you know, we get pushed, but he was, uh, Keshav Maharaj was mentioning how the practice in itself is holding so much weight, so much depth in it, um, and it's depth that if we take advantage of whenever we feel that we're ready or that we've got the ability, we can encapsulate, we can experience. It's kind of like a spiral. How many people here have read the Bhagavad Gita? Yeah, show of hands. 
And from all of you who read the Bhagavad Gita, how many can say confidently that they've understood the Gita in full? But you've read it, but you, you know, I'm also the same. I, I can't say I've understood it in full. Because the more you read it or the more you get stuff from it, more stuff starts to like open up. It's like, like different levels. So, you know, level one, you've at least understood the basics. Then level two comes, boom, and then it's opening you up to this world. And then level three comes, then you understand, oh, what's Krishna's mind like? And then level four comes, then you understand Arjuna's mind. Then you realize, right, Arjuna's mind and my mind in this situation are almost the same. What one is this? You know, then level, you know, and levels, and the more you keep on going, the more things uncover. And so you're saying that we're saturated with so much depth, and if we take advantage of it, we can experience loads. Um, and then I was also thinking, like, how fortunate we are because, you know, even in the starting of this movement, <laughs> this funny pastime. Um, how many people know, don't know who Tulsi Maharani is? We probably all know who Tulsi is, right? Probably have Tulsi in your homes. Who, who, who doesn't know what Tulsi is? Anyone? All right, cool. Okay, so we all know. But just familiarize, Tulsi is... Um, uh, is a devotee of the Lord who originally in the spiritual world is known as Brinda Devi. And when Krishna comes to the material world, she comes as a form of Tulsi. And um, obviously when we're offering food at home or in the temple, we always offer uh, food with Tulsi because, you know, um, Krishna will accept the food. So in the early days when this movement was starting in Russia, <laughs> they, didn't know to, they didn't know how Tulsi looked like, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know how Tulsi looked like. So then, they obviously these pictures they were seeing from like, you know, people who took some pictures in like India or whatever. And then they're like, okay, so you serve. So for a while, they were, they were serving Tulsi from a picture. Then, this guy brings two seeds and then gives it to two devotees. So one devotee goes with the seed to his house. This other one goes with the seed to his house. And then they've, they've planted this seed. The seed is growing and... Tulsi, right? <laughs> They've been told it's Tulsi. Um, so then this one devotee, um, he goes to the other one's house just to kind of see, you know, just to experience. So I've been invited to his house for a morning program. Let me go and, you know, we can serve Tulsi together and everything. Now, the, the funny thing is he, when he got the seeds, so the seed he got was an actual Tulsi, you know, growing like the normal green Tulsi that we know with the manjaris and everything. But then my guy <laughs> got a cabbage. <laughs> and it's like a purple cabbage and it's growing fully. And because he's never seen Tulsi, he's thinking, rah, Tulsi Maran. <laughs> so the guy pulls up at his house. <laughs> and obviously they're doing the, the morning program. Then you can see, Ay, this, this Tulsi ain't right. <laughs> Something wrong with this Tulsi. It's not. As the kitchen goes on, Yani, Kani, Chapapa. Now this is come right? So the guy was like, nah, I'm not circumambulating this one. And then <laughs> his, the devotee invited him was like, what are you doing? No, you have to circumambulate Tulsi. Respect to Tulsi. This is Brinda Devi herself. And the guy was like, nah, 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 I'm not doing it. And he got upset. He's like, what do you mean you're not doing it? How can you disrespect, you know, Tulsi Maharani like this? <laughs> and then the guy was like, I'm sorry to break it down to you, but that ain't Tulsi. <laughs> That's cabbage. <laughs> and he was like, nah, 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 that can't be a cabbage. I've been worshipping Tulsi Marani for six months. And he was like, yeah, you've been worshipping a cabbage for six months. <laughs> 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 you 
you can imagine how defeated he was, but you know, he realized it was actually I can use I make a salad. But he was cutting the pieces of the cabbage and offering that to Tulsi, to Krishna with so much devotion. <laughs> it was the cabbage. <laughs> but who knows? I can ask you guys a question. Do you think Krishna accepted his offering? How many people think Krishna accepted his offering? Okay, how many people think, you know what, nah, 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 it was a cabbage. Krishna was like, nah, banda, I'm sorry. How many people think that, oh, but we, so we all agree, Krishna must have accepted his offering. Because the person was doing it with devotion. The thing about this practice, which is cool, it's the yoga of love. Um, and at times we might not be perfect in other things. We might not be perfect with our kirtan, we might not be perfect with... You know, understanding the scriptures or like, you know, I was talking to some guys and they were like, oh, I don't know anything. You know, I've, you know, I've not studied anything. I'm not that knowledgeable. But the main thing is whatever we know or whatever we do, we try to do it with some love. Then it's, it blossoms, it creates something perfect. Huh? And so that's, you know, so this person was, you know, worshipping a cabbage every day for six months. <laughs> a cabbage, come on. Um, and got some benefit for sure because they carried on practicing Krishna consciousness and then after seeing a real Tulsi plant then he planted the Tulsi and then ate the cabbage um, which was good <laughs> um, but yeah so we're so fortunate that we don't have to worry about that we know that whatever is in the house is, is actual Tulsi we know everything is kind of clear for all of us um, uh, we have a prayer that we sing in the morning Vande Gurashi Charan Aravindam and then there's this one proper disciple, his name is Kripamoya Prabhu. So for the first two years of Kripamoya Prabhu, <laughs> um, practicing Krishna consciousness in the morning program, he used to sing, one day I'll go see Charanaraveda. <laughs> and he just never knew. <laughs> so every day, you know, so then one time he's, they asked him to lead, says so like, one day I'll go see Charanaraveda. <laughs> And everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who's this child? No, you know? Um, but then for us, we get everything on like a clear plate. It's so easy. It's so amazing. Um, in the, the, our line of disciplic succession, these personalities are doing for God. We have Krishna there, we've got Krishna there, and so um, For this knowledge to be passed on, these persons went through a lot. You know, we're having a Prabhupada festival tomorrow, this weekend. So if you guys are a freak, can come and join the festival. And um, we're meditating on, you know, the struggles that Srila Prabhupada went through in order to get this knowledge to the West. But then if you look at our lives, we're quite fortunate because we didn't have to go through a similar struggle, right? It was easy. Like for me, I wasn't born in a devotee family. I was out here in Maya Central. And I wouldn't give you the details. Some of you know, some of you don't know. I was in Maya Central. But somehow or other, the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita, of Krishna consciousness, was easily accessible to me. And it's kind of, we've been given it in such a way that it's like, okay, if you want to take to it, you can. If you don't want, you can. Whatever, whatever you decide, like you, take, you can take your time with it to process it, to digest it, to feel it. But these guys, they, they, you know, they slaved, they struggled to be able to preserve um, or to connect. Srila Prabhupada, what he went through, it's like, he actually did that, you know. Like, I struggle to travel. I don't travel much, but I struggle to travel. But my guy was like 70-something, and he's on a boat, you know, suffering heart attacks and everything. It's like, booyah, let's do this. 
you know, I would have been exhausted. I would have reached Boston Harbour and be like, okay, I'm going back home. I'm tired, you know, but on that. But he did it and then he opened this world and now look at all of us, you know, we can be here, connect and experience. And then he also created a space where now all of us have an opportunity to engage in service. So um, a lot of you guys, I, I imagine you volunteer. How many guys volunteered for Janmashtami or found, found connected to this in Janmashtami, right? So some of you guys did. Um, and yeah, so we get to ride the wave of serving Krishna directly or indirectly through um, Prabhupada's movement. And then it's, it's so cool that, you know, we kind of, you know, get that and we're practically getting it for free. We're not having to do so much. We're not having to worship cabbages. We're not having to sing our own version of the Kirtan. One day I'll go see. <laughs> that ain't happening. We're getting everything a little bit more concentrated, more focused. And so then... Spaces like the Panda Sun are really cool. Uh, and I was also meditating on how amazing, the, you know, this Panda Sun community is and this whole framework is. Because then, in, based on your nature, based on your abilities, you guys can come together and curate a space that can reflect on the spiritual reality that Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda or that Krishna was manifesting for this world. Um, and you guys can be a part of that. You know, um, and I thought that was really sick that <laughs> we get that opportunity in a space like Pound of Senna. Um, and so all of you obviously are somewhat connected. I see some guys rocking the hoodies. I'm waiting for a different colorway of the hoodie, by the way. So um, whenever you guys are ready to give me one, please make sure you give me one. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Actually, your brother should be getting for me the hoodie. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have this nice opportunity to ride on this wave of engaging with this practice in a way that's cool, fun, and customizable to your nature. And the benefits that come from it are profound. They're so sick. Uh, you know, I, I see my friends, people who I studied with in, in, in high school and uni, and I see the kind of life that they're going through now. And I, I took some time out, I went to the temple, stayed at the temple. But now I'm, I've kind of more or less kept up with them. We're still all, you know, they've had to struggle and toil and toil. But, you know, kind of been able to be on the same level without having to do as much work. So even for us, we, because we're connecting on a much more spiritual vibration, not just on a material vibration, on a much more spiritual vibration, you'll be taking so many steps ahead um, in your lives. And in the moment, it's hard to notice or to clock it. How many people can notice the effects of spirituality in their life as of yet? If you can, you know, maybe some of you, yeah, some of you can notice. I notice myself, anyone else? Yeah, you know, there we go, a little bit. Um, but then once you carry on in your life and then you see how people of your same age group are dealing with stuff out there without any spiritual anchor, then you realize, wow, we've got something real good. We're born in, we're born in with like some spiritual gas, you know, um, and it's 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 a magical thing to have. And so, you know, my urge or my emphasis, my push for you guys would be, if you can, because uh, I, I want to ask told look, I can leave some time for questions if there's any. Uh, hopefully, there's not. <laughs> um, urge you to take advantage of any opportunities to engage yourself in these services. Being here is a service. Because Krishna likes it when he sees that people are coming to connect and making him the center. 
um, you know, having friends who are devotees is a service. Because every time when they communicate with you, they know that they're with a devotee, you know. Um, you have opportunities to be in the spiritual energy. And so you're all, in many ways, your life is forcing you to serve, you know. Even if you don't want to, hanging out and chilling with your homies is a service, you know. Um, these could be like your link house, you know. You guys are like, oh, let's go link house, some devotees house, do some kirtan and chat, you know. And in many ways, that's service because the devotees are coming together and are experiencing the bliss of what it means to connect um, on a much deeper level with their relationships. And somehow that gets tied in with Krishna because you're all devotees of Krishna at the end of the day. And it doesn't mean that, oh, every conversation you need to have has to be spiritual. But the deeper you go, you realize that even the stuff that's not spiritual has a significance. It doesn't mean that you engage in prajapa all the time or in chat, chatting banter all the time. But you can be able to notice so many things or so many lessons. I was watching National Geographic. I was sharing it with some guys from the school because I was at Avanti um, this past week. And I was watching National Geographic and um, there was this like documentary of the lionesses. So, um, the, so you know, the lions and what they say, what's a group of lions called? A pride, right? Oh, I was about to say a pack. pack of lions also works, right? Oh, it's just pride. Okay, okay, fine. That's <laughs> how you know I failed English. Um, <laughs> so it's my second language, so it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> so this is Pride of Lions. And in the lion community, the, the women are the ones who hunt. Like they're the ones, they're the ones who are skilled. They're more agile, they're faster, they're quicker. They're, you know. But then it's trippy that the, 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 the lionesses, they hunt. And then they get all the food. Then the lions tell them to bounce. They eat and then they leave them the rest. So it was just very interesting um, <laughs> how that works, that dynamic. Um, but then there was this like group of um, buffaloes. So the lionesses were trying to hunt down these buffaloes. So there was eight lionesses and then there's this one buffalo. So then four of them go, boom, they attack this buffalo. But the buffalo is pretty strong. So the buffalo is also like, you know, hitting back and fighting back. And then... He doesn't work by himself. First he's by himself, but then he calls out to his, his mates. Um, and he's doing a pretty good job trying to like take these lionesses down. And then the lionesses get another four coming through, boom. So it's like four against one. Um, and they're going for him, but then he's knocking them and they're like flying up six, seven feet into the air. And, um, and then the, the other buffaloes, like they pulled up as well and then they connected. And so they had like this pack of four buffaloes going against um, these eight lionesses. And then they managed to split them and to, you know, to protect themselves. So they actually protected themselves, which was super safe. And so I was finishing watching that and I was thinking, okay, this, can I say this doesn't have anything to do with my spiritual life? In one sense, I could say, oh, I was just wasting my time watching this. But then in another sense, I could look at it and see, oh, wow, um, the buffalo called on to its sangha you know, and called on to its other mates to protect them from the difficulty that it was facing. Um, and so in life, at times, we need that. We need that group of friends that you can come to, you can connect with to deepen your spirituality. At times, you lose spiritual enthusiasm. At times, you know, it's like, oh, I have to go chill out with these guys. But then we can rely on that sangha of our friendships, of our relationships, to come together and strengthen ourselves. 
I could also look at like the pack of lionesses, they worked as a unit and when they, they gave up, they gave up as a unit. So that also taught me like, at times you can work on things, but if we're all on the same page, it, that's the main thing. So we might disagree, we might, you know, but we all move together and we don't, we don't disappoint each other. You know, so the lionesses had something to teach me. You know, the buffalo had something to teach me. Um, then the lion had something to teach me as well, because then in the other, in, so they, they ended up getting an antelope and then they got the antelope, then the lion came and then it, you know, told all the lionesses to bounce, ate, but then left them some share at the end. And I was like, oh, that's funny. But then I just made me think Krishna is the controller of any, everything. Krishna is a supreme male. Um, and so when we connect with Krishna in divinity, he kind of creates the arrangements for the rest of us and how we're gonna experience happiness and distress in this world, how we're gonna go deep in our own lives. So just from watching a National Geographic documentary, I got something Krishna conscious, you know? Um, and so I know people are probably watching other things. I had some guys talking about Naruto. I don't know who Naruto is. Is he a footballer? Is he a, I don't know. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, whoever. And, and so maybe from there you can get something that's Principle, you can get a principle that teaches you something Krishna conscious. Um, and there's so many opportunities, but the only way that works is if we keep together in these kind of groups. If we make these your circles, make these your friends, um, and then experience connecting on a deeper level with this association like that. So I just thought that would be something small to share that could be useful. The pandas then are working so hard. Um, I see at times from the background how they're slaving themselves to create a space where we can all kind of vibe and collectively experience spirituality, but at the same time, have your homies and chill and, you know, vibe and, you know, do your own thing. And so I'd say stick with them, stick beside them, see how you can engage yourself in some service, um, see how you can take responsibility and watch how um, their lordships, how Krishna, how Mahaprabhu empowers you to kind of pick up more stuff. Keshav Maharaj was telling me one time that uh, it would take him four hours to do one particular project and he's doing it meticulously. But the more he connects with Krishna, the same thing now he can do in 20 minutes. That's pretty sick, you know. So there's a lot of empowerment that comes from connecting with Krishna. A lot of empowerment that comes with serving Krishna. A lot of empowerment that comes with associating with the devotees. Or at least making this a part of our lives. So we're urged, we're encouraged. And if I can do it, bro, I'm telling you guys can do it. Because I'm like the like a slacker for days. And all of you guys seem pretty smart, <laughs> at least smarter than me. So um, if I could be able to be in this kind of a space and still connect and still try to hold on, then I know all of you guys, you guys can run movements and you know, you can do so much. Um, I was watching a video of, uh, what's his name? Oh God, his name is flown out of my head. <laughs> I was watching a video of this one devotee amazing body and he was saying when he looks out into like the audience of 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 um the youth he sees oh these are the next leaders these are the next big shots in society and i can say the same thing i'm looking at such intelligent people um who in many ways i will be bowing down to in the future um and so it's nice to see that you guys are you know you've turned your youth and targeted it towards this kind of a space. Because you guys could be anywhere right now, you know. If it was me and I was your age right now, I'd be knocked out in bed, you know, with like 15 YouTube tabs, watching whatever I wanted on Netflix, you know. But you guys have made the choice to come here, which is pretty lit, you know. Kirtans will be lit, we're gonna chant soon. 
um, the vibes will be lit. You guys have had your time together. You've eaten some dough for Shada, which was cooked by you guys as well. I think we the cook again. Shout out to the cook. Anush, <laughs> yeah, killed it. Oh, there you go. All glories to you. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, so you made such wise choices, you know, to be in such kind of a space. And it opens up a lot. And we might not see it in the beginning, but I'll tell you, it's lit. It becomes super lit. And it becomes super fun. I was just remembering when I was at... So I used to, I used to be at Soho Temple before I moved to the manor. And... At times I used to, because I was, I was working, so I, I, I didn't have, I could choose to stay at home. And I had my own uh, place with my sister cousin in Kensington, so I could stay there. Um, but then I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go chill with the devotees. The devotees are much more fun and we get prashad. Then one day we just had this random idea. We're all super hungry. We had gone out to Hainam and we came back and then one of the, of the ladies at Govinda's wasn't so nice to us. So we're like, ah, we're gonna get them back. So then. All of a sudden, so I was in the, in, the, in, the, in the restaurant, and then I see one brahmachari just hold the door like this. Then a bunch of brahmacharis are just running, so I'm just hearing footsteps. Doo -doo 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 -doo. So I'm like, wait, what's going on? Then I go to the ashram to check, and all the spring rolls, all the samosas, all the pizzas, all the pies are all up in the brahmachari ashram. <laughs> And then guys are like, they have like half a pie in their mouth and then they're passed out. <laughs> they're like, yo, you can take the rest, you know? And I was like, rah, Krishna's really allowed this to happen. It's like, yeah, Krishna's lit. <laughs> you know, he, he's a little cheeky. And I had one experience, this one devotee, he was a pujari, yeah? He's a senior pujari. But it was funny. So this time I, I started working for Govindas. So I was working, I was helping out Govindas before I moved to the Mahana. So he used to come bragging. Um, to us how there's this one devotee, and uh, I forget his name, he's now in Vrindavan, and he would make the best nine o'clock maha for Krishna at Soho Temple, the best pakoras. And then you'd also do like a caramel style um, sweet, which was so good, but he'd make the most banging pakoras. So he would always come and brag to us. He'd never share with us, yeah? So he'd always come downstairs and be like, ah, you know, you guys are here, I'm up in the floor. Here I am with my maha. So I was like, all right, cool, you know? I was a little bit jealous. Then one day I decided, okay, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom real quickly. So I dashed up to the bathroom and in the Soho temple is one where like, so you go to the restaurant, you go up the stairs, it's the temple room, you go up the stairs, the deity kitchen, then you go upstairs, it's the ashram, men and, and females ashram, ladies ashram, and then the men's ashram is uh, at the top. So then, and then Tulsi's above, so Tulsi's at the top most. So then I was walking up and went to the bathroom. Then when I came back down, what did I see? A whole plate of like eight pakoras right there by the door. <laughs> Freshly cooked with a tulsi on top. So a part of me was thinking, oh, this is for that Prabhu who's always like telling us how great, you know, the, he gets these pakoras, must be nice. So what did I do? I took the pakoras, I went to them downstairs, and I munched all of them. <laughs> I didn't even leave a single drop. Even you know the oil, I everything. <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, <laughs> this guy comes and he's like, "Yo, someone took my pakoras. Where are my pakoras gone? You? How can you steal? How how can a devotee steal?" I was like, "Oh, really? Someone stole your pakoras? <laughs> oh my God!" But you know, Krishna is the ability in man, so Krishna probably gave him the intelligence. But that must be. You know, I feel for you, you know? <laughs> then I remember hearing somewhere that Prabhupada said you can steal Maha. So I was like, ah, 
I'm good. I'm good. And he was so upset, but I was feeling so good because I got the money. And so in many ways, I was like, I felt bad that I did that. But at the same time, I felt good because they were there in front of me, you know? Um, and I had the devotees. So I shared with the devotees who were always downstairs, so none of us spoke, and it was quite nice. So because I had this song, it was really cool. We had a good time. I'm not telling you guys to be cheeky, but we had a good time. <laughs> and then I had one more experience like this. So in, at the manor, we have one devotee. His name is Prayojana. Some of you probably know him, but he's an old guy. Um, very, very advanced devotee, but he's pretty slow. He takes his time with, the, with things. So Prayojana Prabhu used to have this like routine. He would come into the temple, um, go and get the mango sweets, then he'd place them on the donation box. We've all been to the manor, right? So you know there's that big donation box in front of the altar. So he'd place the seats there. Then he'd pay his obeisances to Tulsi, circumambulate Tulsi, pay again his obeisances, then come and pick the sweets, then go. Then, you know, but in the morning, there's just the way these sweets look. They just look too nice, you know? So I had a couple of devotees. I won't say who their names are. Some of them are seniors. So we were scheming, you know? Because they said, oh, Maha, you can steal. Like, it's chilling, you know? So long as you don't get caught, that's the main thing. If you get caught, then there's a problem. But if it, it's only Maha. Don't go stealing money or other things. There's nothing like Maha money, you know? <laughs> yeah, just Maha Prashad from the altar. So then... Parajana Prabhu would, you know, and he, you know, when he pays his obeisances, it will take you like a minute. It takes him like around five to seven minutes, you know, because he's a little bit slow because he's older. So I saw that as an opportunity. <laughs> so he would place the, the, the mango seeds on the, on, the, on the donation box. And then he's paying his obeisances, it's like a mambulating. Then that's when I'd get up chanting, you know, like, <coughs> and then I start walking around. And then at times I'd walk and and then I'd store myself one seat. Then my other home would be like, oh no, get me one as well. And I'd go, get another one. And then we have like around five or six Mongol seats, you know? And then we'd go and chill by ourselves outside and we'd eat them. And it was so nice, you know? We had, <laughs> so this happened for like a couple of weeks. Every morning we have having Mongol seats. But then I think Krishna saw we were taking advantage. So what did Krishna do? He empowered Prayojana. And we told him, okay, first you go and you, you offer your basis to Tulsi. So come Tulsi, then go get the sweets, then bounce. So then after that, we couldn't steal the sweets anymore. But maybe Krishna will give us some, some other opportunity to steal the Maha. But it was just fun doing it with the devotees, having the devotees around. So I urge you all to come to the manor in the morning and steal the seeds of the devotees. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but I urge you to stay in the association of the devotees. Stay in a space like Peace Center like this. Um, see how you can contribute in service and maybe the opportunities to steal the maha will come. And you can do the same thing if you want. <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say all in all is that it's an amazing, fun experience. Spirituality, as we're getting it right now, is lit. And it's so customizable. And anything you can do works if you want to. You have the opportunity to make it work. Um, and you can have so much fun with it. It doesn't have to be a boring experience or like or a long thing. But you can do so much with it and connect so much with it. And so I'm quite jealous of all of you because you have this opportunity from such a young age. When I was your age, I was, I was in my Central, as I mentioned. So it's nice to see that there's people who are making a positive turn with their life. I see guys rocking Tulsi beads, you know, having their bee bags around, chanting, going out on Harinam, you know, killing it, kind of spreading and um, 
you know, joining this wave of spiritual bliss because it's lit, it's super fun. Um, and yeah, and I'm looking forward to spending time with you guys in service. I'll be helping out Peace Center when they ask me to help. Every time they ask me, I'll always say yes because it's a cool group of people. Um, and then we can connect and go deep and become inspired and do more and experience Krishna. How many people just don't want to hear about Krishna? Like, they want to feel him as well. How many people just... Because, you know, they, they tell me, okay, I, Krishna is real and all that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's real. But if I can't feel him, like, I don't know, you know? Like, any, you know, Napoleon was real. <laughs> but I can't feel him as well. So, like, I want to feel Krishna, you know? And if you have that mood, then he makes it possible and you can actually feel him. You can experience him and then you can experience when he's not there and then you can shout at him to come back, which is amazing. Um, you can have this dialogue with the Lord. Um, and yeah, it becomes nice connecting with him and experiencing what he's on about because he says a lot of stuff. He's actually the most self-centered person in one sense that I've ever met, you know. Surrender to me. Give your life to me. Focus on me. But then in that, it's actually the biggest amount of love. Like, no one else being self-centered is as amazing as Krishna. If I tell you to focus on me and meditate on me, you're going nowhere in life, my friend. <laughs> like, just give up, you know? But Krishna tells you to focus on him and to meditate on him, and it opens up so many different doors, a wide plethora of different opportunities. Because he's the OG, you know? He's like the Don himself. You know, I like that picture over there. You know, because like... All those gopis were, were looking at Krishna, and the, I think there was like 30 million. Here, there's only like 20 odd. But in the past time, I think there's like 30 million, or if, if not more, gopis. And Krishna, and then they're all coming to Krishna with their demands. I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. And then Krishna was just like, ah, chilling. Boom, he expands himself to all of them. Who else can do that, you know? It's, no one else can do that. Only Krishna can. So um, he's ultimate mystic, the Supreme Lord, and in one way we can get to attempt to build our relationship with him, and the Pandavsena community is a magical way to get that started, so I wish you guys nothing but the best in attempting to cultivate this relationship, um, going deeper in your spirituality and experiencing what spirituality has to offer, and yeah, having a sick ride, because it is a sick roller coaster ride, it's, uh, it's fun, I'll tell you for free. I w otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. I only do stuff that I find that's lit and it's fun. And if it's boring, I kind of bounce. But I'm still here, so I think it's a little bit lit. So, yeah. Hare Krishna. I'll finish there. Thank you. Are you looking for time or does anyone have any questions? Any questions? All right. If anyone's got any questions, comments, clarifications, or anything they'd like to add, maybe I could hear more from you guys. You guys are more knowledgeable, but if not, then we're chilling. All right. Yes, sir. What is your favorite part about Pandavasana? My favorite part about Pisana? That I get free hoodies. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for my hoodie, bro. Ram, I'm waiting for my hoodie. <laughs> um, my favorite part, the thing about Pandavasana is just what it's actually doing. I, I, there's so many things. But what it's actually doing in an existential perspective, like if you open up like the bigger picture and see what you know this community is trying to do, it's 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 huge. It's 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 really big, like and it transforms lives. And you can see people who've been through Pandavsena and what they've been able to do in their lives at present, what they're doing and what they're carrying on to do in their own lives. It's making like 
visionaries, you know, um, top in the field, successful people. I enjoy the kirtans. The kirtans are a vibe. I, I enjoy, and I just enjoy hanging out with you lot. You guys are sick, you know. Most people my age I find boring, you know, because they're all so deep. They speak, oh, you know. I read this verse from Bhagavad I'm like, yeah, yeah. What's the verse they don't even remember? <laughs> you know, but, you know, you guys are like sincere, you're, you know, you're fun. And um, so I enjoy, I just enjoy being in your association. It's just nice. So even if I'm not talking to everyone, just seeing you guys all vibe, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And then doing projects. Like I saw, I saw the play that, you know, the piece and a lot of, some of you guys were acting on. On it, which was sick, you know, we had our main star here, look at him. Uh, and, uh, you know, they did an amazing job and you guys are curating big things. I know one person who was part of Panda Sena, I won't mention his name, he's an amazing devotee. Um, and uh, he was planning projects for, um, the, like, for Panda Sena, helping with Janmashtami and stuff like that when he was younger. And that's all he took to his CV and he was employed by Formula One to organize the events. And all he took was, you know, his experience was organizing these events at, you know, the Back to Nantamana for the Panda Center, you know. Um, you, some of you probably know what I'm talking about. You probably do, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, he was, he was managing and organizing Formula One events just from his Panda Center experience. So, like, anything's possible. So, that's how I'd answer that one. Awesome. I guess that's it. All right. Yeah, buddy. Oh. <laughs> one devotee. I don't embarrass him, but he's a cool devotee. You'll see him. Maybe if you come to the manor, I'll show you him at the manor. Yeah. So you have to come to the manor. That's it. I think he's still done. He's probably done a few projects with them still, like management projects. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe he still does. But he's, he's a big shot now, so he has high demand everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, bro. What's like the most fun service or thing you've like done? The most fun service. Yeah. That I enjoy it. Right. I mean, it's been a lot, but when I first came to the temple to do like the three-month course, it was in 2018. I spent three months um, at uh, at the manor, and for one of the months, we were just we were like in this like van, like camper van style thing it was the most dodgy thing dingy as anything but we were traveling to different towns and we're doing like Hare Krishna festivals with like the festival team and so we would be in Essex then I wake up I don't know I'm in Colchester and then I wake up I'm I'm, I'm in Reading then you know and we're just driving and going to all these different places then we will we'll go Stonehenge you know and we're doing the summer solstice it was it was just that was like one month of like utter bliss you know you can go anywhere and then at times, you know, you're not going to be there again. So you start telling them, ah, oh, focus on Krishna if you don't, you're wasting your life. And then they'll look at you like, bro, what's this guy saying? <laughs> you know, you're overwhelmed and then they're taking books and, you know, you see all these people. Like one guy actually came to the manor. No, one lady, she came to the manor and um, she came to me and then she was like, oh, you know, I owe you. And I was like, why do you, why, you know? <laughs> and then she was like, because... You are my first introduction to Krishna. Um, I came to Govinda's and you were there serving. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, you've got a very happy smile. You're very jovial. So she told me that. And then I told her that it's because of that guy. So because <laughs> of Krishna. And then she was like, oh, whoa. Because I was very convinced Krishna is going to make you happy. And then she was like, oh, yeah. So ever since you told me that, I was always thinking about Krishna. Then I went to a program and now I'm a devotee. 
and now they're chanting and you know so just being in that fire i think that was fun for me just traveling and speaking everything that Prabhupada says and you know vibing in krishna consciousness and that was for me was lit yeah i'd do that again Alrighty, I guess if there's no one, any other questions, can finish there. <laughs> oh, there's one? No. Yeah. Uh, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. Love to talk, by the way. I listen to you for hours, man. I, I can't do that with many other people. Thank you. I'm a waffler, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I uh, yeah, so I just wanted to ask, how did you change from uh, being Christian? Not, not like how, but why did you ch- decide to change? From Christianity, obviously growing up in a Christian household. Yeah, from Catholicism from to, yeah. to being Krishna conscious. Because Krishna's lit, man, I won't lie. Krishna's sick, you know, he dances, he has a party. And then it's just food and kirtan all the time. No, I mean, well, that's a big part of it as well. But it's just that all the questions we normally have, unprompted Krishna is answering them in the Gita, you know. Um, and then in the scriptures, Srimad Bhagavatam and all the scriptures, Krishna answers a lot of the questions that we have very, very powerfully. Um, and in other books, in other, like I was like, you know, if there's something better than Krishna consciousness, I'll take it. If I find anything that's better, I'll take it. But I've not found anything that gives answers in such a solid, clear, concise way about our identity, about this world, about our reality. The Bhagavad Gita gives it to you comprehensively so comprehensively and even better is Prabhupada's purpose because he breaks it down even a fool like me can get it you know and he makes sure that I can understand it because there's different kinds of Bhagavad Gita there's Bhagavad Gita as I want it there's Bhagavad Gita which benefits me and then there's Bhagavad Gita as it is Prabhupada gave us Bhagavad Gita as it is and so everything is so clear cut and so I was when I saw that uh, I just felt like now I need to give myself to this and in many ways I still feel like a Catholic I'm much better Catholic, to be honest, because now at least I'm purposing for the Lord. I have so much respect for, you know, the personalities and Catholicism. And I've actually read the Bible now with much more enthusiasm than when I was actually practicing as a Catholic. But you still feel that uh, the Bible Gita answers nice questions more efficiently than the Bible? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred. And eight percent, bro. <laughs> Legit. Now the book can be able to do it. And then it's crazy because in many ways, at times you think, ah, the Bhagavad Gita is not telling you anything. I give you a challenge. And I can give this challenge to everyone. Randomly, even when you're going through life, or you know, when good things happen and when bad things happen, just open a random page of the Bhagavad Gita, just randomly. Or do this every day if you can, just randomly. And you can even read two, three lines. You don't have to read the whole verse or purport. Just read two, three lines. And watch how those two, three lines answer your serious questions for how to deal with the day, how to deal with it. It's magic. Put it to the test. You know, no other thing has been able to do for me at least. But the Gita does it a hundred percent. So much so that times I'm scared of it. Like I tell you, ever, you ever want something to happen and you know it's not going to happen, but you want to write on the desire of it happening. So I just, I'm not going to open the Gita because it's going to tell me the truth. You know, sometimes I get scared of the Bhagavad Gita because it's like it's going to give me the real one on one, you know. So, um, yeah, the answers are there. It's such a powerful book. Try it. Try whatever little you can. You know, read that one, two lines and watch how it happens. That's what kept me, you know.
And you're kind of supportive of your decision to change? Yeah, I mean, you know, my mom still wishes I was back home, you know, in Maya. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they're supportive. They saw my life changed. You know, I'm, I'm not a party goer. I'm not intoxicating. I'm not in Maya like as I was. Um, so they appreciate that. Oh, actually, this practice has some power and something good that it does. So, yeah, so they're supportive of that. Yeah. Yes, Ruben. My favorite moment from preaching. I mean, I don't preach that much. Yeah, so one time, okay, so I, I consider book distribution preaching. One time we were in Manchester. I think it was Manchester. And then um, we were giving out this book called the Veda, the Veda. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a book called Veda. And so this old woman comes to me. Um, and I was telling her, oh, have you tried meditation or spirituality? And she's like, you can't tell me about spirituality. You don't know anything about spirituality. I know everything about spirituality, you know? Um, I've experienced it all. I almost died last year. And, uh, and I was like, oh, wow, tell me more, you know? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I was on a, I was on a hospital bed. Um, uh, and these doctors were operating on me and they were doing everything and I was above and I could see everything that was going on, you know? And in the Veda, in the book, there's like the drawing and there's an exact same drawing of that. Of, I don't know if you have a Veda, if you have a Veda here, I can show you, but um, there's the exact same, sorry, there's the exact same drawing of a person having a surgery and is looking above as the surgery is going on. So then I showed it just randomly because I was just opening the pages thinking, okay, what can I convince her to take the book with? So I showed her that page and it was like, oh, kind of like this. And then she looked at me and she was like, who are you? Who sent you? <laughs> you know, and I was like, uh, Krishna. <laughs> and um, she was so amazed. She took the book, she gave a donation. She was like, you, you, you've done something because that's exactly my experience. What you showed me there is what I experienced. You know, and uh, it was just amazing. That's the magic of uh, how that happened. You know, just the, 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 she describes the image. It's in the book, and for her, it makes so much sense. Sounds like who else could do that but Krishna? You know, yeah. Then what? Yeah. What, uh, yeah, she probably thought. Yeah, how could I have drawn that kind of a? You know, you know. Then one time we're out in books, and I came back to the manor, um, and normally there's nine o'clock Mahaprasad. And I was so I was on a program, but I was like the, the, in the program they were serving uh, Rajma, and I don't really like Rajma that much. Well, at least the way they had done it, it didn't look so nice. <laughs> and there's only some few people who do it nicely, so it didn't look so good. So I was like, I'm gonna wait for the nine o'clock Maha. Then we got late. So by the time I got to the temple, all the Maha had gone. But I was really desiring this Maha. But we were in a preaching program, so I was like, Oh Krishna, I was in this preaching program for you, and you can't even leave me some Maha. Then. I leave the temple, then this guy comes and he's like, oh, someone left this plate of maha from the pujari room and there's no one else to have it here, take it. <laughs> and at first I was like, what, really? We can split it, you can have it. He's like, no, 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 this one's for you, you know? And then on the cover, it was written Prabhu. So it didn't even have anyone's name, it was just written Prabhu. <laughs> so it was like, Krishna gave me a whole plate of maha, which I wanted, you know? Um, at least that's how I felt, maybe I was tripping about it. Yeah, and so from preaching those stories, and so many things have happened, there's so many stories, but it's, it's magical, yeah, which can explain oh, perhaps. All right, we can finish, oh, time was away okay?
last one. Your last one. Um, just a quick question. Um, there's obviously so many books and scriptures uh, for the devotees to read. Um, what's the value in immersing yourself and understanding just one book and uh, really taking its teachings uh, uh, in a more insightful way rather than uh, trying to gain knowledge uh, in varied teachings, teachings and scriptures in other books? Good. That's a very good question. Wow. Gosh. <laughs> My mentor told me once, he was like, chant as if you're going to die tomorrow, but read as if you're going to live forever. Study as if you're going to live forever. And what he was trying to explain was, you don't need to read all the books. Your journey starts by trying to, actually there's a secret to reading. At times we think, oh, like, um, you know, like reading these books, like Prabhupada's books, like you just need to read through all of them and then the more you've read and can be like, oh yeah, yeah, how many have read Bhagavatam? Yeah, I've read Bhagavatam. Yeah, I've read like that. But actually, the secret, or at least how I've understood it, I might be wrong, is with everything that you read, taking like that minute to pause and see what does this mean for me in my life as Nritya Shekhar or as so and so, what does this mean for me? And that could take you years to finish even one book. But the amount of realization you can get from reflecting on that for yourself will make you want to read all the books. And that's what makes people want to study because they can see how the Bhagavad Gita, how the Sriman Bhagavatam, how the CC, how Nectar of Instruction, how it's breathing in their life. Then it becomes tasty to read. Otherwise, it's just it's like reading any other books like, or reading Harry Potter or like, you know, I did drama, and um, in drama we used to have to read all these monologues. I used to hate that. Or in literature we have to read like White for Bath, and I was like, oh my god, why? <laughs> you know? And so we just feel long, but with these ones it's cool because you, you, you're seeing what does this mean for me? Or what's its use in my life? And then, or Prabhupada has made this point, what does this mean for me as a person living in the 21st century trying to you know, what does this mean for my life? And if you have those um, internal reflections, then you, you'll, be, you'll taste going through all the books. So even me, like, it took me like three and a half years to go through the Gita. Um, but when I did it, like when I got to the end, I was like, rah, like, I, you know, I appreciate my first read of the Gita because I haven't read it again cover to cover. I've only read it once. Most of that time I was in a different world. <laughs> Don't ask me how. <laughs> but, uh, a lot of this stuff has retained because it was like, okay, what does this mean for me in my life? Krishna tells Arjuna, Martha's partials to Kanteya, seasons of happiness and distress will come, but you have to learn how to be level-headed. Okay, what seasons of happiness and distress am I facing right now? And how do I have to be level-headed? All right, there's this. So if you get those, then, you know, don't pressure yourself to read all 50,000 books. Prabhupada said, if you can understand Nectar of instruction, you can understand the whole of Krishna consciousness. So I always tell, for me, my go-to book is NOI. That's like my go-to. You know, the Gita is there, but I put NOI kind of similar. So if you're wondering what book to start to go through, I say NOI, Natural Instruction. Perfect. You can take your time with it, meditate on what it means for you, and your desire to read other books will come. Okay. That's how I'd answer that. Hi, Krishna. Thank you. Hi, Alrighty, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Very well.